This is a pod about Duchenne muscular dystrophy, a genetic progressive disease mainly affecting boys. The earlier you find out, the better the prognosis. In this episode, you will meet Philip Høygaard Olsen. He's 25 years old and living in Denmark, but he was born and raised in Sydney, Australia to Danish parents. After high school, he took a gap year and decided to travel to Denmark to start his journey for independence. Independence is an important uh, factor in my life as I want to be able to live my own life to the fullest. Welcome to the pod, Philip. Thank you. Do you remember when you first started to think about traveling to Denmark? Um, I, I remember my siblings, they, after finishing school, they both took to Denmark and I was very inspired to uh, go and experience it for myself, especially after knowing my parents had been living in Denmark all their lives and I wanted to see what it was like. Also because I was in Denmark prior where I was filming some documentary and uh, investigating the infrastructure of Danish living for people with disabilities and on that journey I visited Egmont High School which is a fantastic place for both people with and without disabilities and um, yeah I found out that that would give me a good opportunity to gain some more independence and uh, that just inspired me to go and check it out some more. Did you have a plan when you traveled? So originally when I was traveling I I'd already had half a gap year before I took to Denmark and I'd been accepted into university to study games development. So my plan was actually to go over to Denmark and uh, while I was there on uh, Egmont High School, I was assisting in this documentary, Normal Normal. So my plan was after that semester at Egmont High School was to go back home and start on my studies in games development. If we go back to 2017 when you lived in Australia, how was your life? Um, at that point, Australia was in the process of rolling out a new initiative called the NDIS, or the National Disability Insurance Scheme. And at that point, they hadn't really they didn't know too much about it or like the magnitude of it and what it would cost for the government to pay for like helpers and uh, support that people with disabilities needed. So at that point, I had been offered support for, uh, I think it was about 14 hours a day. So I was living at home and had a helper that would come and help me during the day and then my parents would help me during the night and this was probably the the max you could get from the NDIS which wasn't quite what I was hoping for as I wanted to live a more independent life 
without being reliant on my parents, which made it tough with only 14 hours. But uh, yeah, that's what we had to work with. So my, my parents have been caretakers for me majority of my life, which uh, did give some restrictions as to my, my personal life with and social as well. And I really did want a helper program that would give me support all the hours of the day. So 14 hours wasn't ideal for me, but it was better than what I'd been used to. Can you give examples of what kind of restrictions or limits? So when, when I was out being social or at events with my friends and other kinds of activities where I wanted to go and do something, I was very reliant on my parents. And if I didn't want my parents there, which you generally prefer not to when you're out, it's very intimidating to ask your friends for help. So yeah, for, for me, I really needed someone that could be there who both was at similar age and who I was comfortable in, in asking for those things that you wouldn't want to ask your friends for. And then when you got to Denmark, what, what did you meet? What surprised you the most? So in 2015, I visited Denmark as part of this program where we were investigating the differences. It was a part of my Duke of Edinburgh award, which I was doing at that time. And I was quite flabbergasted with the people that I met who were living their own lives in their own apartments or yeah, like own that their own place and own helpers and also their own vehicle which they could use to get around. And I was I was quite astonished by the social infrastructure for people with disabilities as well as healthcare for people with disabilities because the Muscular Dystrophy Association in Denmark is quite well renowned and most people you ask they'll know what this association is and have some knowledge to muscular dystrophy. Whereas in Australia, a lot of people don't know about this because the muscular dystrophy association isn't that well renowned there, which is unfortunate. But uh, yeah, it's just great that Denmark is so ahead on that front. And I think that just inspired me and when I was going to applying for the school at Egmont High School and was going to apply for a helper program they were so welcoming I was able to get 24 hours of care which was absolutely fantastic and that that was like the first impression of Denmark where it's like this is going to be a good time for you, what was the easiest or the hardest to change when you came to Denmark? So, one of the hardest things to change when coming to Denmark was probably myself. There was a lot of routines and things that just were different that I hadn't been, been used to before. There was a lot of self-development 
and like self-discovering in that that process and that one semester at at Egmont High School really really changed me it it opened my eyes for the possibilities and how anything's possible suddenly my lens was changed and like my perspective there was this one uh, subject that I chose called Thrillopslu or Adventure Line, where uh, one of the first activities I did there was create a raft using some uh, some logs and some some plastic barrels, and they gave us some rope as well and taught us like some knots to make a raft. So I was like, okay, that seems pretty simple. I'm like, surely they're not gonna get me involved. And then they say, oh, and by the way, you also need to figure out how to get filler board. Where my first thought was, you can't be serious. You want me to go on that raft? Then, then my like challenge was to find something that would allow me to sit on the raft. And then I had a teacher's aide or a helping teacher, as you call it, who is someone at the same age who previously has been a helper at that school. And they, after they've, they've been a helper, they can apply to become a helping teacher. And so we we were like thinking together about how how we could make it comfortable for me and so we found a a wooden board up in uh, the woodwork and we were able to drill some holes in that and tie that to the the raft because those logs were quite far apart and then because there was no backrest then I just was like leaned up against the helping teacher there and and it worked and then you went for a tour yeah then we went then we sailed out past around i guess it's more kind of like a pier type thing and yeah we sailed all the way around that and back to the the beach again so there's about like maybe 50 meters out and then 50 meters back so there was like a hundred hundred meters around and that was that was intense <laughs> amazing were you dry when you came back all of you Yeah, we were all perfectly fine. And and I think that kind of opened my eyes to what if you approach a problem with a different lens? So Normal Normal was a documentary we made about disability and how people view disability. You always hear in the media about what's normal and uh, what's healthy, but we don't talk about like what's happy. And I think the documentary was more or less just challenge the idea of what is normal and kind of looking at, well, Maybe normal isn't important. How important have your parents been on this journey? I think my parents have been very 
important on this journey as they help to put a new perspective on things and see more things from a can-do attitude. I mean, they they just gave me a normal childhood where uh, I went to school and more I had to kind of think about what I could do or what I wanted to be and uh, seeing the challenges as they like approached. I mean, they didn't really see my disability all the time. And I think my dad was very focused on improving the healthcare in Australia and very much looking at the, the Scandinavian standards of care because he knew that Denmark is very far ahead when it comes to healthcare for disabilities. So he helped with figuring out what could be done to improve my my health and focusing on giving me the best opportunity at life allowed me to focus more on other things and just being yeah a child I guess. What would you say to someone who may be struggling with these thoughts how to be independent? That's a very good question. I think the most important thing at independence is trying to think about what you want to become maybe not looking at the challenges but if there are any challenges then seeing them from a different lens it's important that you take it in small steps and not just thinking oh I'm not going to get there because this this and this I think it's more just baby steps and if you aspire to something Go for it and take the challenges as they come. And yeah, just try new things. And I mean, getting there shouldn't be the the barrier. Because a, a lot of places, public transport is pretty good or taking taxes as possible. Wherever you're living, just look at what the community offers and see what you can apply for. Just just give everything a go. What would you say to other parents? I would say it's important that you don't get freaked out by the disability and just see them as a person, which I'm sure a lot of parents do, but encourage them to try things. Maybe even uh, provide ideas or your own research for your children to see if there's any activities they can get involved in and always encouraging them to do things and yeah finding out what their passions are and encouraging them to explore options for that. Do you have your family close today? Most of them are living in Denmark except for my sister who's still living in Australia and working with nature preservation and yeah my parents and my brother are living in in Denmark and I see my my brother quite more often than I see the the rest of my family but uh I think at the moment I'm discovering myself and my own identity and 
I think for me, I'm kind of trying to find my own way and and don't want my parents' involvement as much as what I've needed before. But uh, I think it's a bit of a balancing act that for me to find out what's best for me as well. You're studying a professional bachelor's degree in social work. Yeah. So currently I'm studying a bachelor of social work, but uh, unfortunately, as of now I'm on sick leave. Yeah, I've been burned out and stressed because of uh, uni, and I'm kind of debating whether it's the right thing for me. And yeah, I've been spending the last year just gathering myself and rethinking what I want to do. I'm still deciding whether I want to finish that degree or if I want to do something completely different. And I think also I'm I'm very often pushing myself more than I should be. And I think that's an important thing for other people that don't push yourself too much. Remember, if you have a disability, remember to listen to yourself, to your body and and say, can I handle this? Like, am I tired? Should I take a break? And don't feel embarrassed to say, I need to stay at home today. Or if you're at school, like, talk to your teachers and, and let them know that you might not have the energy to be there all day. And if you need to take a break or go home, don't feel ashamed to give yourself space to do that. You're also involved in a project called ILC, Integrated Living Community. Can you tell me more about that? So in Australia, my dad and I, we've been exploring the options of independent living. And I think we decided that integrated living was probably the better model of what was was needed because we want like a community living together, which is eco-friendly and allows people to come together and live in a nice place where there's the possibility for both people with and without disabilities to, to live there and to support each other. So yeah, we've, we've been working on a project called Integrated Living Community, which we started in Australia, but Australia is quite far behind on lots of fronts in terms of the disability sector. And after moving to Denmark, we kind of put that project a bit on hold. And it's mostly my dad that's been working with it. But as of recent, I've gotten involved on on the board. Yes. What What is your mission being on the board? My mission is to assist them in I think just awareness I guess and helping in any any way I can to try and and assist them in their mission of creating the first integrated living community and to help uh, spread the word and hopefully normalize it and 
to yeah make it a model that other countries can aspire to and hopefully use as it's going to be a open source because we want other people to be able to take the design as well talking about awareness in september it's world design awareness day with your experience and your background what are your wishes for that day i think uh the shen awareness day is important in yes yeah, spreading the message of of uh, the importance of independence and i guess awareness of the shen and i think it's just important that people know about it as well as encouraging people to reach their full potential and independence also to remember that there are still challenges that need to be seen and accepted but at the same time still encouraging in the best way possible what is the best thing about australia for me one of the things i love about australia is the nature and also going out and seeing historical places i guess i guess sightseeing and and the food and just the culture down there because it's such a multicultural place where there's so many cultures in in one land like it's 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 incredible to see and it's just it's just great that that they're so friendly down there and and it's also really really cool to hear pe- all the people who want to go to australia and when they find out i'm from australia they get everyone gets really excited and like oh my god i want to go to australia i want to travel there and and explore it and i think that just it just makes me happy but I'm still a bit upset about the handicap infrastructure down there and i do hope that that improves and what is the best thing about denmark the best thing about denmark is definitely the infrastructure the healthcare um the women and uh yeah the weather can be a bit bad but uh <laughs> and and yeah i think just the the events they have like con con green concert con concert is such an amazing event which just spreads awareness of the muscular dystrophy association and being being a volunteer is also a great great thing that encourages you to be be social and if one is interested to know more about the ILC project where can you find the information sorry if you want to know more about the ILC project you can go to ilcdk.com and you can uh, become a member as well to 
get more information about the projects, maybe even get involved in spreading the word or maybe even in the project itself. But uh, yeah, definitely encourage everyone to check it out. Thank you so much, Philip Højgaard Olsen, for participating in the pod and talking about your inspiring journey for independence. And good luck with your project. No worries. Thank you so much for having me today. It's been a pleasure chatting to you. And uh, yeah, I, I uh, look forward to hearing it in the Duchenne Wednesday. This pod Take on Duchenne, what you need to know about Duchenne muscular dystrophy has been produced by Koma and my name is Maria Mettel Suomalainen. The podcast has been produced with financial support from PTC Therapeutics. <laughs>